Sports Talk continues. That's Vince Ferrara. I'm John Wilkerson, and that means Jimmy Hyams joins us now from the SEC Spring Meetings. Jimmy, what has day one been like other than fast and furious? Well, there were a lot of uh, audibles checked off. I think somebody was yelling Omaha in the hallway. Uh, We were supposed to get certain coaches at certain times. They had flight delays, so we uh, didn't get Saban until an hour later. We didn't get uh, some of the others till later. Dan Mullen was supposed to go. He got delayed. We'll get him at 5 o'clock. Uh, we did catch up with Rick Barnes. Uh, we caught up with about nine or ten people so far. And we will get uh, Jeremy Pruitt at uh, 5-ish uh, Central Time. I've got uh, Kelly Harper set up for just after that. And we'll get Philip Fulmer a little bit later. So, uh, But it's just been a whirlwind of trying to get the interviews. Now everybody's in meetings. So there's about a, a two-hour lull before we can get some others. But just in case, sometimes the meetings break up early. And we might be able to grab somebody at that time. Have you got a feel for uh, there are so many storylines that are out there that have been presented as here's what's going to be discussed this week in Destin. Have you got a feel for what the top discussions will be this week? If I had to guess on several of them, I would say the transfer portal will be one of them. Uh, will Muschamp said today that uh, a year ago he said that college football is closer now to free agency, and he reiterated that. A free agency meaning guys can transfer and be eligible right away wherever they want to go. He's concerned about the implication there, in part because if uh, 60 players on the team decide they want to transfer because they don't like the coach, they can leave. There'd be nothing to stop them. Uh, so that's uh, that's one of the issues, uh, the transfer situation. Now, another one is um, is going to be alcohol sales uh, at uh, at college campuses. Right now, you are allowed to sell alcohol in premium seating areas, but now they're looking at the ability to sell it throughout the um, stadium or the basketball arena uh and a lot of people think that's going to get passed it gets brought up every year every year for the last five six seven years uh but they have they have inched toward it by allowing it in premium seating areas uh and uh so that'll be a topic they may go along with that one as well the other one will be paying players and uh, it's interesting most of the media that is here favorite i can tell by the questions they're asking uh they think they should be paid and my thing is if you can give me a uh, a system that shows me how you can do it, then I would be I would listen to you. But I haven't heard any good plan. Dennis Dye with CBS Sports said, "Well, here's a plan." He said, uh, "You you have a licensing situation like the one Bill Battleran, and what you do is any jersey that is sold that had the number of I don't know Tennessee player on it, then at the end of his career, uh, he gets a percentage of that, ten percent of the sales. But you don't pay him until after his career is over." Uh, of course, that means some players will get the money and many others won't. Uh, and that therein lies one of the problems. And somebody asked, well, what, what happens if the, uh, if, if you start paying a quarterback, he gets $20,000 and offensive lineman gets nothing. His offensive lineman going to quit blocking for the quarterback. So you got a lot of those issues. And then you get into Title IX. If you pay only football and men's basketball, what do you do with women's basketball? But that'll be a topic that will be discussed. And as you guys know, the NCAA has assigned a committee to study the possibility of paying athletes for their likeness uh, uh, and um, and possibly even for endorsement. Jimmy, Will Wade talked to the media for the first time in quite a while. What stood out about uh, what he had to say today? Will Wade spoke to the media for the first time since March the 7th. What was interesting is that, is, uh, as I was told, he had a speaking engagement there, and at the time that he was speaking, a news broke about, 
the situation with the FBI wiretaps. He said he made a mistake. He said, I made a lot of mistakes right off the bat. He acknowledged that he made a mistake hiring an attorney to deal with it. He should have talked to LSU earlier. He said he thought hiring an attorney would expedite the process. Instead, it slowed it down. So uh, he went 38 days, roughly, uh, between being suspended and talking to LSU. And while he wouldn't give the contents of the conversation, he did say that he addressed all the things that were out there, and he said that based on that, LSU reinstated me. Now, in other words, he denied all these allegations, and somebody said, well, what was the context of your bad rear-end offer, uh, as he was quoted as saying, <laughs> by the way. He, he wouldn't even acknowledge that that was a correct quote. He dodged that one. Um, uh, but um, obviously that was a part of it that they asked him about. He, did, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't reference anything other than in one of the last trials on the FBI wiretap uh, there was uh, there was a guy that said he had talked to Christian Dawkins. This guy's name was Book something, and uh, he said that um, uh, Will Wade had offered Nasri three hundred thousand dollars, and then they negotiated it down. And uh, all Wade would say is, in that last trial, none of that's true. That is completely false. He didn't say that about anything else, about other accusations. He was then asked directly. Did money exchange hands between you and any players at any time or any representative of you? And he said, I'm, I, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to answer that. So uh, I thought that was interesting uh, that he took that approach. But he said that, I guess on the advice of lawyers, that, that's the approach he took. But he said, look, my conversations with LSU were private and confidential and with the NCAA because they were there as well. And he said, but I'm just telling you, I got reinstated. And I said, yeah, but you lost a lot of money. He said, well, that was a deal. I had to stay at LSU. <laughs> I wanted to stay at LSU. I love Louisiana. I wanted to be LSU's coach. Jimmy, you caught up at a one-on-one with Ole Miss head coach Matt Luke. Uh, we'll uh, play that at some point uh, this week. But uh, what, what were a couple of things that stood out to you from that one-on-one? The gist of it was we started out, what are the Tennessee Titans getting at A.J. Brown? And he said a tremendous player. He said he's very strong. He's got strong hands. He runs good routes. He, he can play any receiver position. They played him a lot in the slot, and that's one reason he was so productive because he kept getting open. Uh, but he said he's very versatile and that uh, he thinks they're getting a, a, a terrific player, a very productive player. He, and, and he led the SEC in receiving two years in a row. That's hard to do. But uh, Brown did that. He also said that uh, DK Metcalf, that, he broke his neck, and he said three months later, I thought it was more than three months, but he said three months later, he's at the NFL Combine working out, and he said, I knew the guy wasn't going to work out, but he did. And he put up great numbers. His body fat was low and his jumping and all that, and he said he was just stunned that he did that after breaking his neck just a few months before that. Uh, he also talked about hiring two guys that were former head coaches, Rich Rodriguez and uh, Mike McIntyre. And he said that uh, they're installing a new offense, a new defense, and that he feels he likes the idea of hiring guys who have been head coaches because they understand what it's like. And, and and he said basically they're in it to try to win. He said sometimes you hire these guys and they want to put up big numbers so they can get a job somewhere else. He said these guys are in it to win. They'll do whatever it takes to win. And uh, he felt really good about hiring those two guys. Jimmy, uh, who are some of the folks that you've been able to chat with, and what are you looking forward to? You've mentioned who you might catch up with a little bit later, but uh, if you would, just any other news and notes from this first day as we look forward to catching up with you in about an hour. I'll touch on one thing from uh, Nick Saban. That is, he's changing his uh, football schedule 
a little bit. He said when he got to Alabama to build a program, they took a lot of these neutral site games. And he said now they're looking at doing away with that. They want to have more home and home. He said that asking the Alabama fans to travel to, for instance, Dallas or Atlanta or some other venue. And then he said, and we've been playing in the SEC championship game uh, on a lot. And then they go into the college football playoff. He said that's asking our fans to do a lot, spend a lot of money. So he said they're looking at doing more uh, situations of um, uh, home and home with people. And uh, he mentioned some of those schools uh, that uh, I think includes Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Texas down the road. So, that was one of the things he mentioned I thought was kind of interesting. And then uh, Kirby Smart talked about they wanted to upgrade the schedule, and somebody said, is that because you're anticipating that the college football playoff is going to go to uh, eight teams, and so you need to have a strong strength of schedule? He said, no, it had nothing to do with that. He said, if we recruit at the level we're supposed to, we should be in the hunt every year, and then if there's somebody else that is close to us, we want that committee to look at our strength and schedule and say, Look what they did. Look who they scheduled. Look who they played. Look who they beat. That is a more deserving than somebody that might have uh, played a very weak schedule and didn't go out and play other Power Five conference teams like George is doing and went out and played FCS teams. So uh, I thought that was an interesting point from Kirby Smart. Who made your trip possible? John, I hate to tell you this. I left all of my notes over at the <laughs> – it's amazing. I had to come back to the room because the reception down there is awful. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I do want to, I will thank right now uh, Rick McGill for providing me with the vehicle to come down here. He's done that every year. He's been very loyal about that. I appreciate that. Uh, and I will get you the other sponsors and their taglines later. But I'm I, sorry I had to run back over here. I could not send all my interviews. The reception at the hotel was terrible. And when I ran over here, I left my... Uh, Copy points. I apologize for that. I'll have next time. Sorry to put you on the spot, but uh, we will talk to you in an hour, and uh, we look forward to it. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. And that is Jimmy Hyams, and we appreciate, Vince, what is the start of an incredibly hectic week for him in Destin. Nobody does it better. We'll have a ton of those interviews at sportsradiownml.com. There's a special page in the Vols tab uh, for SEC spring meetings in Destin, so you can get caught up there.